is your self-love coach and really I am your bringer of all black girl magic that is truly who I am in my heart that's truly what I'm here to do I'm here to liberate black women in particular and anybody else that's along for the ride so first of all let's talk about the magic that is mama Angelique Asgadam and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name right but if you know anything about me, if you know anything about my spiritual practices and how I grew up, I revere black women and call them mama as a sign of respect and as a sign of acknowledging that they are our foremothers and acknowledging that they're here to just bring us wisdom. Even when they don't do so in a direct way, they do so by the lives that they lead and we have so much to learn. And, um, you know, my parents are from the South originally and so we put a handle on the name. I'm not just going to call anybody by that's that's above me so to speak by their first name so i'm calling um nipsey's mom mama angelique for those of you guys that don't know who i'm talking about so her speech was just um amazing i can't even begin to describe to you guys the optics of it just because it was truly beautiful and breathtaking and you it's just so much symbolism just in what she decided to wear and how she just came in the presence and I, i'm even just thinking about it right now and recalling it i'm having chills just because you know um when they say you can see God on somebody and you can see somebody just walking in the spirit and just being completely led and just completely divine that was the spirit that she invoked in in being there and addressing us and I also thought that um, beyond the strength that it took for her to be able to speak to us at a time that was that could have been such a painful thing it just reminded me of her walking in her walk and walking in her walk to be able to share and to impart on us just the beautiful wisdom that she had so let me break down the five lessons that I took away from her from her speech and I realize not a lot of people are going to be able to watch it just because it's such an emotional subject gun violence um, having your child die another black man slain in the streets and so I recognize that um, it could be triggering for a lot of people to to watch it and I'm not encouraging you to do that if you're not able to but let me just tell you the five biggest things that I took away from it so the, she's first started talking off and I, and I wrote some notes as I was as I was watching it. And the very first thing that she just came when she says when she said um, on the stage was we don't have to look to the sky for God. God is within. And that set with me for so many reasons. It set with me because I remember being a young girl, being about 11, 12 years old and, and being on retreat with some of my sisters because I was fortunate to be in this kind of um, African girls training um, society for lack of a better word or lack of a better description. And we were just there on retreat. We were there in our rites of passage ceremony and talking about um, what are we learning and what does it mean to be a woman and what does it mean to be a black woman and we were going around and sharing just what's on our hearts and minds and I remember being afraid and being sure at the same time and when it was my turn I shared that I believe that church and religion was this social and cultural construct that we use to explain God and that we use to explain the God that is within us and I probably used those words I was a pretty precocious child and so to see Mama Angelique confirm what I already know, that God is within you. God is within us. God is within us. We are made of the same stuff that the earth and the stars, as India Ari says, that God and even 
regardless of what culture we're talking about, whether you're talking from the Christian tradition or the Judaic tradition or whatever tradition, we all acknowledge that we are images of God. Does that mean that each of us is 100% God in our own right? Probably not, but that we are we, we have pieces and we have the components of God and all of us collectively come together and we all have the opportunity to realize the God that is within us. And when we talk about self, when we talk about self with that capital S, we're talking about acknowledging the spirit that is within us and knowing that we are co-creators with God. And so for her to start off with that was just like, I'm getting teary eyed just thinking about it. And as she continued her speech, she started talking about, you know, how she knew that her son's time was coming to an end and how she knew somebody in her family's time was coming to an end. And that spoke to me about how being in conversation and communication with God and being in conversation and communication with our ancestors and that you don't have to have a certain title or a certain position or a certain practice or a certain, you know, rule book to be able to do that. That really it's about slowing down and we were able to slow down and we we're able to just acknowledge that that little voice that we hear, what we call intuition, what we call instincts, what we call that knowing, what we call that little voice, whatever it is, that is simply our way that we describe our relationship with God and that we are able to communicate with God and that we're able to be in, in conversation with God every day. And when we're able to do that, we're able to not only know the voice, but we're able to trust the voice and we're able to acknowledge that voice. And we're able to know that that we are not separate from God, that we, not, that we don't have to go to a preacher or a pastor or whoever it is to be able to be in conversation with God and to know what God has for us. But really it's about being in practice and communication and in connection with God. And there's so many ways that we can do that. The third thing that she said that just really hit me in my heart is that we are here to bear witness. We're here to bear witness. We are here to bear witness. And what she was doing was not eulogizing her son and talking about all of the great attributes, even though that was part of what she said, but she was here to bear witness as a mother, to bear witness as a black woman, to bear witness as a child and spark and co-creator with God, and to let you know that she is just one example. But in reality, we are all examples of that. And that when we bear witness to each other, we simply are telling our truth so that we can hold up the mirror to others and so that others can also develop their relationship and their connection and to be clear about what it is that is of who they are and what is within them. And in that we are all connected and that's the fourth thing that she taught that she taught me and that she reminded me that we're all connected. And what I mean by that is that and is that when you have people that are close to you and that you're intimate with and whether that be intimate sexually or intimate emotionally with that, you know, like when you have those people, you're able to kind of sense when something is going on with them. You're able to sometimes communicate with them without even saying the words that you think the, th the same thoughts at the same time and you're able to really share what's on your heart sometimes without words and she reminded us that 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 is not accidental and that's not just something that's coincidental or that's not, that's not just something that just is reserved for a few but truly we are all connected we're connected with those people that are closest to us and we have the ability to connect with all of those around us and what's beautiful about that idea that we are connected is that this is something that even science supports. So for those of you guys that might have a super logical mind with me, like me, and like to overanalyze and sometimes need additional proof, if you do any studying on quantum physics, it's simply saying that... Um, 
when when two objects or two pieces of matter are close to each other because of the way that their atoms vibrate and the way that their their energy is and it vibrates and that's how that's what energy is it's the vibration of our atoms it actually influences the atoms around us and it influences the bodies around us to start vibrating in the same pattern and so it's not an accident that we are connected to the people that we're closest to it's not an accident that we're intimate and that we're able to share those thoughts and that we're able to influence the people around us and it reminds us that to be not, not not to be careful so it's not a warning but it's a it's a reminder of just how powerful our connections are and that we have the ability to change the world y'all we have the ability to change by our influence and by our connections to others and by tapping into that connection and that brought me to the last point of what she shared is that we are to be the change we are to be the change and change often comes with fire and change comes through through burning and destruction because we have to get rid of those things that are not of us and not for us and it's not of God because we have God within us and so that we have to be the change by destroying and by shedding and by moving into and ushering into that next place and we know we know and y'all I close my eyes because I close my eyes because I'm able to hear God clearest when I do but we know that in the world that we're living in a lot of times it feels scary because there's so much destruction and there's so much um, violence and there's so much brutality and so much so much of these things that we call evil around us and for some of the folks in the old church they would say you know it's the end times and in the way it is the end times but really what that end time is is the destruction it's the destruction of all the things that are not of us and for us and of God it's the shedding and even the birth process is painful and that we know that this this in the birth process is also darkness and sometimes it feels like squeezing and that's simply because that's what it means to usher into something new. And so it's a reminder for us not to be afraid of what's happening and not to be afraid of the, what's being destroyed and not to do what, the, what, are, what some people tend to do. And what some people tend to do in the, in the birth process is to fight it. It's to, they want to crawl back up in the womb. They want to crawl back to make America great again. They want to crawl back to the 1950s. They want to crawl back to these things that are idealistic in their head because simply they are afraid. They are afraid that without the structure and without what you know the past truths are without the um, the world order that they know it that they don't they, that they won't know how to operate in what's coming in and so that's why they're fighting it. But if we go back and we remember that God is within, that we can communicate with God and our ancestors are still with us in a different form and that we are here to bear witness and that we are connected, then we understand that we can be the change and what's for us and what's in front of us is not scary. Destruction is is natural and destruction is just like how when we grow up and you know how like when you are a small child and even up into adolescence, we, we think that friendship means loyalty, right? And we think that friendship means that those people that are closest to us and that are right or die are that they are the people that are for us. And then sometime in our late adolescence or early 20s, and, and a lot of times people don't get to this next phase, we realize that friendship means first that we have to shed away from people that we're just like in order for us to be able to develop our own ideas and values and beliefs. So that's the first step. And then the second thing is then therefore we have to go into places and be in communion and be in connection with people that share those same beliefs and values.
And a lot of times, what it looks like is looks like sometimes drama, and it looks like moving away from, and it looks like getting rid of the old. And those people that I was telling you that are afraid, and they are afraid, so they're holding on. They shame you and they guilt you into into being different, or you think you're all that, or you don't do this anymore, or you don't kick it in the way that you used to, and you used to be this. They want to hold you hostage to the past. And it's also come to me that the majority of people are not willing to move beyond that kind of childlike belief about what loyalty is and that childlike belief about relationships are here to do. And so that's why we see so many adults acting as children. And it's simply because they have chosen to stay in that place of, of and be hostage to the past. But I'm telling you that if you're listening to this today, you have that inkling and you have that instinct and you have that feeling and you have that intuition that who you are and what you're meant to do is so much bigger than the past. It's so much bigger than that thing that held you hostage and it's so much bigger than what what who we used to be as children. And even the Bible tells you that. The Bible says that when you become when you know when you're a child, you speak like a child, you do like a child, you act like a child, but when you become an adult, you put childish things away. And what they're talking about is not the physical age of being an adult, but it's talking about that spiritual maturity and that spiritual maturity means that you have to move and believe and act in a different way and that comes with destruction and it comes with fear and it comes with scariness and I'm telling you this so that we don't vilify the people that that are you know that, that show the extremes of that but that we understand that that's where they're coming from and we understand that the way that sometimes that we move them and that we help to minister to them and that we help to bear witness to them is simply to be that change and when they see the people that are closest to them making those changes and when they see the people that are closest to them moving in a new way remember we talked about connection and we talked about vibration then they start to move and they start to grow and they start to see that it's not that scary they open up that little piece of an eye. They start to make those same mix, those same movements, and they start to see because they start to have a little bit of belief that it's not going to destroy them. Because really, when we're afraid of destruction, we're we're afraid of death, and we think that. If we're destroyed, then there won't be anything left. But when they see that you go through that birth process and they see then what you're able to do and the bigness that you're able to walk in, then they become less afraid. So. Whoo, y'all. Like literally tears are coming to my eyes because, you know, they talk about people in the pulpit and they talk about people that have this message on their heart and you hear from pastors and you hear from everybody. And what they always tell you is that you can walk in that walk. And oftentimes when you're teaching, it's because it's the lesson that you need to hear for yourself. And that they remind you and they try to tell you that just because you have this, this calling on your heart doesn't mean that you're perfect and that you have all the right um, actions yourself. But it simply means that we are tapped in and they were able to listen. And with the tears are in my eyes, are realizing and hearing back my own words for myself and realizing all of the ways that I am afraid and I do get afraid of what this new bigness is in my life. But also that I'm reminded that I'm supported and I'm reminded that I'm in communion and I'm reminded that um, I have the answers because I have the relationship and I have the connection with God and I have the relationship with my ancestors and that they speak to me and that they guide me and that I remind you that you have that as well, too. And so. As I take a deep breath, I had this question come in my inbox last night and. 
it was interesting because I've had this question a lot of times and I don't think I ever formulated an answer to it. But um, as I was answering my sister's question, I realized that the answer's always been in front of me and it's something that's available to all of us. And the question she asked and she said, um, you know, I have the crystals, I have the gems, I, ha I have the things, and I don't know how to create my spiritual practice. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing for my spiritual practice. And it reminds me of how often church is comfortable for us because it's a structure and it's a construct that we're familiar with and that we can feel safe in because we don't have to do the thinking about how to connect to God and we don't have to take the responsibility of connecting with God because we go through the motions instead. And so this is not an indictment on church, but instead it's, it's an indictment and it's a reminder of how we relate to church. And so when she asked me that questions, I just, you know, took a moment and paused and prayed for the answer. And I knew the answer just immediately. And so this is what I told her. So the first thing that we have to do, we want to shift our spiritual practice. And first of all, let me back up. How do you know when it's time to, to shift your spiritual practice? That's the first question. You know it's time to shift your spiritual practice when you have that inkling and that guidance and that feeling that where you are right now is too small. That what you used to do doesn't fit anymore and it feels uncomfortable. A lot of times we can't articulate that this is too small for us, but instead we feel that feeling like my body right now is, is tense. And we have that feeling that what we used to do doesn't fit anymore. And we don't know why. We just know that, you know, we used to do these things on Sundays, but it doesn't feel right. Or we can't find the right place. Or we keep looking for the right place or the right guru or the right church or the right whatever. And nothing feels right to us. And we can't tap our fingers into why. But at the same time, we desire and we miss and we crave that feeling of spirit and that comfort and that peace that we used to feel. And we can't figure out how to get it yet. And then all the ways that we're seeking feels incomplete. So that's the first way that we know that the spiritual, that we have a desire for spiritual connection and we have a desire for spiritual practice, but we don't know quite how to get it yet. And so the first thing I say when you're feeling that way and you're feeling that tug of war and you're feeling what that feeling is, it's actually, it's a feeling of bigness. And I keep using that word because I can't think of anything else bigger, better. And when I say that feeling of bigness is really what you're feeling is discomfort because it's a realization that your clothes are too small. It's a realization that where you used to be, it doesn't serve you anymore. And it's not because it's bad, but because it's ushered you as far along as it can. And it's time for you to do something else to get into that next step. So it's ushered you to where you can, to how far it can, but it's time for us to take that next step. And that's why the truth is why the church no longer serves us is because it's it's finished. It's finished its purpose in our life and our purpose in our lives as black people and as black women in in particular. And that's why I will always have reverence and belief and just um, will always revere the black church because of the place that it served in our life as black women, as African-American women, and as people of the diaspora here on the Western Hemisphere. I will never um, have an indictment about all that it's done for us. But I'm also here to say that it's time for us to move to the next phase because what in its, in its um, creation, in all of its stuff, it stifled us and it hasn't allowed us to step into that next place. We can't, we can't fix it by, by trying to stay within it and we can't fix it 
from within. It's time for destruction. It's time for us to step into the next place. And the place that it's time for us to step into as black women, and I'm speaking to us directly, is realizing that we are the divine leaders of this generation and of the next seven generations. We are the divine leaders that we've been praying for and that we've been waiting for. And that discomfort is us realizing that it's time for us to step into place. And in order to step into place, and after acknowledging that where we are is too small and doesn't fit us, that we can't get back on the kitty bicycles anymore, that we can't go back to being in kindergarten anymore, we can't go back to high school anymore, in order, to, in order for us to step into the full evolution of who we are, and after we realize that, is that we need to study. We need to study what is it that we actually believe, and how do we come to believe that? And I mean, and I do mean study. I don't mean just thinking and guessing and listening to the next Facebook guru. I mean opening up a book and doing some research. Do some research about Christianity. Do some research about Islam. Do some research about whatever your spiritual belief system that you came from. Because what you will find in it, what you will find in it are some beautiful universal truths. And those truths will also lead you to another path and you will start to see that these paths intersect and that these, that these religions and that these traditions intersect. And in that, there's, you also discover another truth that's really hard for a lot of us. The truth that you will also understand and yet you will see is how we have been suppressed as black women. And I don't mean within the actual belief systems themselves, but in the way that these belief systems have come to be world powers. You will see that, for example, um, in Christianity, that we stole a lot of belief systems from the cult of ISIS. And it will start to make you wonder, well, what is it that they were trying to suppress and keep secret? Why is it that the Roman Empire wanted to destroy the cult of ISIS? And then you will start to come to this place and realize that, you know, people don't destroy anything unless they see its power. People only intentionally seek out to destroy and to discredit when they see how big it is. And you will start to see a pattern of um, a black being, women being silenced. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing when you see that pattern. It's, it becomes a realization. Like, damn, what is, the, what is it that's so big about me that I had to be destroyed? What is it that was so powerful about me that I needed to be muted? What is my power? And then the next thing that you're going to do as you study or concurrently as you study is that you're going to slow down. You're going to learn how to slow down and contemplate. And when I say slow down and contemplate, I mean that sometimes we become so busy that we learn how to silence the voice within, that we get uncomfortable with being quiet and we get uncomfortable with being still because we get uncomfortable with those things that come up to us and we get uncomfortable with the truth that is in front of us. And there's so many traditions that point to our need to be able to slow down and contemplate. That's what meditation is all about. Meditation isn't about following a set practice and a, and a set ritual and a set thing because you're going to get freedom in the practice and the movements and then the um, and the different poses. But really, all of those things are pointing to a way for us to just simply slow down and be, slow down and contemplate, slow down and listen, because our ancestors are here telling us every single day all day everything that you need to know but we want to excuse it away or play it away or you know discredit it away because we haven't learned down to we don't we haven't learned how to slow down and listen 
And one of the things that you're going to ask yourself when you slow down and listen is, what is life teaching me? What is life trying to show me? What keeps coming up every single time I get back in this situation? And what is it that I'm supposed to be learning from this? And we're going to learn that sometimes we made some mistakes and I put mistakes in quotation marks because I don't truly believe we make mistakes, but we call it mistakes because they feel uncomfortable and because we stumble and because we fall and keep because we keep repeating the same thing. But all of those things are are just patterns and they're they're patterns because they're trying to show you something they're trying to teach you something and one of the reasons why the color purple has been my favorite book since I was the 10 since I was 10 years old is because there's a part in the movie but there's a scene in the in, with Shug Avery and she has it in the field and it's the reason why the book is called that way because it says in the book and it says in the movie that God does everything the trees do everything. Nature does everything to get your attention, even talk to you, even whisper to you. And that's why God put the color purple in the field to get you to slow down and to notice and to listen and to see that it's right there. And that any God you bring in a church, that any God that's in church is the God that you bring with you. And so I implore you to think about what is life trying to teach you? What is life trying to get your attention to say? What is God trying to speak to you in every way that God can and, and, to, and, to, and to slow down and to listen and to take note? And then the next thing is to ask yourself, what practices do you participate in that grow your spirit and that grow your understanding about life? And that's going to be personal and that's going to be different for so many people. But to ask yourself, what practices do you currently participate in that grow your understanding and grow your connection? And it can be sex because sex is such a beautiful communion. It can be going to church. It could be having brunch with your girlfriends. It could be sitting there journaling and writing. It can be singing song. It can be yoga. It can be so many things. But to ask yourself and to take that time and to ask that question out loud and to write that question down, what practices are growing my spirit and your understanding about life? And then the last step in creating spiritual practice is to find and create your ritual based on all of those things. And when I say ritual... I mean routine that comes with intention and contemplation. That's your ritual. That's your routine. That's your intentional practice. That's your contemplation. So that's what was on my heart to share with you guys this morning. And I'm going to go through the comments for a second because, whoo, do y'all feel that? Do y'all feel that? What is coming up from you? What is just like on your heart to ask and to share and to question? And while you're doing that, I'm going to go back and listen and look and see what some of your comments are right here. Um, first of all, thank y'all here for being here with me today. I'm so thankful. And if this has touched your heart, before I even go to the comments or the questions and, and to see what's in your heart, I'm asking you to share this with three people. Tag three women that you know need to hear this. Tag three women that you know that you've been having those secret and private conversations with. I want you guys to, to be here and to be in communion with me. I want you to go ahead and turn on your notifications. I want you to go ahead and like this page. And I want you to go ahead and follow that link at the top if there's something that you know that I need to do to serve you or you feel like we need to talk and you know there's a there's a link at the top right now about how to go ahead and do that and then um 
Michelle said, I already repeated that comment, and Jerry said that, you know, they never heard destruction broken down in this kind of way, and that, that they feel like this is teaching, and I'm reminding you, and I'm telling you that this is teaching because this is simply what your spirit already has been wondering around. I'm only saying things that are confirmation to what you already knew. I'm only giving you the answers to that you've been silently asking inside that you've been afraid to say out loud because you didn't want anybody to look at you crazy or look at you weird or to tell you that you're being blasphemous or that you're not being a good fill in the blank about whatever good thing that box that they're trying to put you in as I'm only telling you that truth that you already know Whew. Michelle said bigness that's exactly how it feels y'all we are in we're, we're, we're in the birth process but I believe that that birth process is almost over I believe that we're at the bottom of the birth canal I believe that while it's scary and shit is really real real for us in this world that the other side is not that far and so I tell you to get your ducks in a row and to get your practice together because you are the leaders of your family. You're the leaders of your community and they're going to need you right now in, in this next phase that we're going through as a people, as women in this country and they need you. And so that's why that's bigness and that's why it feels even more scary right now. Famira says we've been systematically silenced in so many ways we've been systematically silenced in so many ways and even as she says from small girls black girls are silenced on a whole different level than anybody else and that's true but you know what y'all we now have the tools to be loud. We now have the tools to be our voice. We, I've given you the steps and the tools about how to dismantle that silence. And we can't let anybody else be responsible for keeping us in the box. If we're in the box right now, it's because we choose to be in the box. And we choose to be in the darkness. And we're choosing to be in the wilderness. And we're choosing to be in hiding. And... This is not a choice that if you're listening to this and if you're within the sound of my voice, as the pastors say, that you that this this no longer you. We're not going to blame anybody. We're not blaming society. We're not blaming Trump. We're not blaming anybody because we have a calling on our life and we have a call in our spirit and we have an ability to step into what it is in front of us and what's for us. And we have, we have all of the tools and beyond all of the tools, we have the connection. We have the connection of each other right now. We have the connection of our sisterhood. We have the connection of the woman that's right next to us. And we have so many ways for us to be in connection and in communion with, uh, with each other. Janelle said that there's so much power in this live stream. You know what? There's there's power in this live stream because we are in communion and we're in connection with each other. And there's so much power in this live stream, not because I'm coming to it from my human place, but I'm simply answering the call and I'm listening to, to the voices and I'm listening to my pantheon and I'm listening to the things that, that are on my heart and I know that I can't be silent anymore and I know that I can't be a perfectionist anymore and I know that just because it may not look like the next person who has this perfect coaching program and this perfect product and their eyebrows are done and their eye makeup is looking powerful and their edges are snatched and they got their script I'm not that woman I'm not that woman because you're not that woman I'm not that woman because what is for me can't be contained and put onto a simple schedule about that I show up live at this particular time what's for me is that I need to listen to what's inside of me and that I mean it and I don't care what my byline says and I don't care if I don't have the perfect little model but I know that I'm here for black women and I'm black girl magic personified and I'm here to remind you of that and I'm here to be the Harriet Tubman of our generation and to bring you along with me and 
I'm here because I don't listen to just what my own ego wants for you to know. I'm here because I want to listen to what God and what, what spirit and what my ancestors are telling me to communicate with you. Natasha says, this is my first time catching you live. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Natasha, thank you for listening to that spirit within you that says, you know what, I need to listen to what she has to say because there's something in here that I feel like I need to know. Famira said, it's true. It's not about blame. It's about revelation and transformation. Famira, that's, that's, that's it. Revelation and transformation. Revelation and transformation. And it's funny that you use the word revelation because, you know, I grew up in the church. And it's funny because when I tell people I'm not Christian, they assume all of these things about what I know or understand. And, I, and so when I tell them I done read the Bible and broke down the language and, and studied probably more than any pastor has. Not any pastor, but these people that call themselves pastors and over so many churches churches it's funny that you talk about revelation because we know that um you know in, in revelation it says the fire next time it's not going to be the water it's going to be the fire and that's important because let me break down what water and what fire um stand for water is often a symbol of birth water is a symbol of in many traditions of birth and so when we talk about how god destroyed the world so in the beginning with with water and and I don't know where I sit about whether or not I believe the Bible literally, but I do believe that it's a beautiful metaphorical tool. And I believe that it points to truth. And I think that it, and when you start to look at all of these traditions, they start saying the same thing. And we needed to, to that first birth was about moving from this place of um, mindlessly following God and mindlessly following these rules and these petitions and instead coming to this place of, of birthing in what does it mean to have free will? What does it mean to have choice? What does it mean to figure out your way and to not blindly follow? And then in Revelation, when they talk about the fire next time, we talk about that birth that I was telling you about the completion. It talks about the destruction. It talks about moving into the new air. It talks about burning away all of the things that are no longer of us because we know that fire purifies. Fire purifies. And so it's really interesting to me when you say it's about revelation and transformation. Natasha says, thank you for your courage. It inspires me to push forward into my gifts even more. Yes, Natasha. And I want to speak on that just a little bit. When we talk about stepping into our gifts, I want to remind us that all of our gifts are not going to be the same. Not everybody's gifted to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's gifted to be a pastor. Not everybody's gifted to be whatever. But that we all have particular gifts that are useful not only to ourselves and to our relationship and to our connection with God, but into our communities. Our gifts, you know, you got a gift of doing hair. That's a gift of bringing beauty and confidence to another woman. You have a gift of, of I'm speaking to you, Michelle, you have a gift of of just pivoting. If y'all don't know Michelle, Michelle done had 15 different careers and in all of them she is excellent and great. And what's beautiful about all of them is that she shares her process and what she does is she gives courage to other women and other people particularly in our community that thinks that you need to grow up and it looks needs to look a certain way and this is the follow, the, the outline that's for your life and she shows you time and time again that there is no falling but that there is lessons and that there are ways that we can continue just to keep leveling up, leveling up and leveling up. Whew. We had church up in here today, right? We have fellowship up in here today, right? We have sanctuary up in here today. And so I thank you. I thank you. I thank you um, for, for taking the time. And I thank you for all of my sisters that are, that are in here that are in communion with me and that are supporting me. And um, 
I know that there's somebody out here that probably wants to to talk to me and that you got something on your heart and there's something that that you need that you don't want to quite say publicly and so if that is you go ahead and find that link at the top um, let me go ahead and repost it right here because I have not yet figured out how to pin messages but it's gonna be okay go ahead and let's book some time to get on my calendar um, just to just to have a quick conversation and this is not let me let me be clear about what this conversation is a discovery call is for us just to be able to talk about how can I be of service to you what do you need and let's figure out how we're going to be able to do that work together. It's not going to be the solution, but instead it's talk about, let, let's figure out how we're going to work together and what that's going to look like. So if that's you, you have a question in your heart or you just, um, you have a question in your heart or you have a bigness that you've been afraid to step into. If you have a bigness that has been lingering, it's been nagging at you, everybody keeps telling you, you keep running it away from it, and you haven't been sure how to step into the bigness of that. And let me tell you what, that's, what the fear is. Let me just tell you, let me give you the sneak peek before you even get on this call with me right now. The bigness has nothing to do with the infrastructure. It has nothing to do with the logistics. It has nothing to do with the plan. It has nothing to do with the blueprint. It has nothing to do with the money. It has nothing to do with the position. It has nothing to do with the title. It has nothing to do with those things. None of those things are what's stopping you right now. So whatever lie you're telling yourself, and you know I'm talking about you, it's not that. So before we even spend any time, and if you are that person that still wants to believe that it's the money, it's the title, it's the website, it's the it's the LLC, it's the DBA, it's the it's the um, business plan, it's the things like that, then we are not going to work together. But if you are ready to say to yourself, let me stop believing my own bullshit because I'm tired of that, and I know it's all of the otherness, it's the spirit that's nagging at me that I feel afraid to step into and I feel afraid to listen to and I feel afraid to be able to to take that next step and because of the fear I'm not even sure what that next step is for me and because of the fear and because of the way that I've been conditioned and because I don't know what that next step is if that is you then let's talk let's get on the call and let's talk about what that script is can be for your life what is your personal blueprint for getting free then that's the woman that i want to talk to so i see some more folks that have just joined me y'all y'all miss church but you didn't miss it because you're still here and you're gonna go back and you're gonna listen to this again and then you're gonna tag another three women because you probably just got tagged into this right now and then together we're gonna step into this new world order together Together, we are going to rise up as the divine leaders and black girl magic that we are. Together, we are going to, to bring into this world as it needs to be because we are the ones that are equipped. And so, um, there we go. That's what I got for you. And let's take that breath together. Let's drink some water together. Let's be in communion together. And let this sit. So let me give you one quick thing because there's still somebody that's too afraid. They're not gonna tap that link. They don't wanna um they don't wanna talk with me, and that's okay. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna tell you what, what I need you to do. If you are not quite ready yet, I want you to take out some some paper and I want you to pick up a pen 
and I want you to tell the kids to be quiet and I want you to tell your husband and your boyfriend to not right now and I need you to put your phone on do not disturb and I need you to go somewhere in the quiet place and I want you just to pick up a pen and I want you just to write and I don't want you to have a plan for what you write I want you to simply move that pen and I want you to pour out everything through it on the paper and I want you to do that because that's going to be your biggest and your highest and your most truest true for your heart right now. And that's going to point you in a direction of what you need to do. And I need you to write it down. I don't want you to sit here and think. I don't want you to put it on your phone. I don't want you to use an app. I want you to put real pen to paper because then that's going to become your testimony. And that's going to become the place that's going to bear witness to you and reflect back to you and reflect back to your highest self with that capital S about what you need to be doing, where you need to be doing it and how you need to be doing it. That's for the woman that's too afraid. And I can't wait to see all the other women that I talk to right now.